welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is harley williams from keep more welcome harley Thank you. It's so good to be here. Thanks for being on the show. A little bit about Holly. Holly Williams is the founder of keepmore.com. Holly has been a real estate investor for the past 20 years with properties and investments in New York, Texas, Ohio, and Mississippi. Together with Ashcraft Capital, she is currently a general partner in projects throughout Texas. She is also author of Hidden Investing. With that, Holly, would you like to add anything to your background? You know that covers it and I'm sure that we'll get into it a little bit as we go along as well so great so would you share a few things about hidden investing whom this book is for sure you know my story is in a nutshell is that I grew up you know in a middle class family and it was all about go to school study hard get a good job put money in the 401k all all the things that we are you know most of us are taught to do and i did all of that and bumbled along and found myself in new york city i grew up in texas found myself in new york city after college and 20 years later i found you know i had a, a husband and a daughter and life was good but i was paying 50% of everything i made in in taxes and salary wasn't going up but taxes were and you know i began to look around and you know along about that time i i my parents were older and i watched them and they'd done all the right things and i watched them get killed with taxes and you know when you take that money out of the 401k you pay taxed as regular income so you know you put it in when you're young and not making much and you take it out when you're old and you really need more when you retire not less um it costs more to be retired so you know i experienced all of this and really watched their wealth evaporate and it, it was really a, a sad thing and all of that got me to a place that i was open to a, finding a better way to do things and along about that time i was given the opportunity to invest in a multifamily apartment syndication and i knew about real estate i was a real estate investor i mean i had a couple of single family homes i saw a building in brooklyn uh, and so i believed in it it's just a lot of work when you have a career right so this book is about sort of my journey and i through finding these hidden investment opportunities like multifamily syndication and um, multifamily syndication was the first and it's my passion um, and it's what i do most of the time now but through this journey I've, i've discovered lots of other ways that the wealthy think and that the wealth they just are taught about money differently so i go through in the book 10 myths about investing that are common what the media talks about and it's what you know we're taught in school and it's certainly what family taught me and and you know now i realize that a lot of what the what i learned was myth right so i have 10 myths of investing and then through that i debunk them and uh based on what i've learned about about how the wealthy invest that most of us don't you know most of us there's a world outside of wall street i don't know, that was a hand that was a mouthful right yes but you know so the book really out my journey and what i know to what's been true in my 
my experience about investing and how to build generational wealth. You know, one thing I will say is the current, the, the system that we're taught, right? It's really designed for us to die broke. You know, if you, it's not designed for us to build generational wealth. And so if there's one thing that, uh, one takeaway from the book, it's really about that. It's how the wealthy do it, how they build general wealth, gen- generational wealth and how they, uh, how they think about money. Yeah. Awesome. So, and why multifamily, Holly? What I like about multifamily is, so real estate is just, you know, our government gives us lots of advantage. You know, people, one of the things I talk about in the book is our tax laws, right? And people think that the tax code is is designed for, to tell us how much tax that we're supposed to pay. But the tax law is really designed to incentivize us to do things that will grow the economy. So you think about it, people say, you know, the tax code is the law of the land, right? And And so who doesn't believe that we need to be following the laws in the United States? And when we follow the tax code, we're following the laws. And and in the the gazillion pages of tax codes, um, it gives us all kinds of things that we can do to lower our taxes. And by doing that, somebody really smarter than me, I'm sure, has figured out that that's going to stimulate the economy and help our country. And so I knew all of this. Um, So commercial real estate takes that and it's on steroids. So in our tax code uh, is a true or many, 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 many tax, uh, you know, advantages to real estate and commercial real estate in particular. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is it's you're really, I really, believe that lowers the risk. When I have a single family home and I want to rent it out, right? And I lose a tenant, I may be out several months, even a year more. My income goes to zero. And when I've got a 200 unit apartment complex, it doesn't, it's really not in a crisis when you lose a tenant, right? And so I can spread that risk, can't do it by myself. So I have all kinds of, you know, numerous partners, but, you know, a piece of 200 unit apartment, my complex versus 100% of a single family home, I've found that piece of the apartment complex is a whole lot less work and it's a whole lot less risk and I get most of the same tax benefits. So that's why I love multifamily. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so and what challenges you faced in your multifamily journey and how did you overcome them? So the biggest challenge, and, and I write in the book about the, about this as well, is the biggest challenge with this, with any type of private like investment, especially real estate, you know, it's me. It was overcoming those beliefs. Um, you know, the media, we're bombarded all the time with, you know, Wall Street and our companies talking about how to invest and our, they never really talk about, you know, invest in an apartment complex, right? <laughs> And so, so, you know, when I first, first heard about this and started, you know, I knew I, a friend of mine, and that's really what you have to do. You have to know, know somebody that's doing this because it's not a public investment. So it's, so it's really, you know, not something that, you know, we're, we're trained and brainwashed, I think, to believe that if it says fidelity, if it says Ameritrade, or if it says, you know, JP Morgan, that it must be quote unquote safe, you know, so immediately, 
you know, we hear about Bernie Madoff and all of this. And I was, so when my friend approached me and, and told me, listen, you buying these single family homes and you're dealing with these tenants and everything, come in with us and invest in this apartment complex and you can get all of the appreciation and you can get all of the, the wonderful incentives that our government provides real estate investors, uh, but you don't have to do all of that work. You could just invest with me. And it just seemed really too good to be true. And what happens is, is that, that this is, we're buying apartment complexes from REITs and hedge funds and a, and a REIT is just a mutual fund that buys real estate. Right. And, but that REIT is taking all kinds of fees, mutual, you know, they're taking a ton of fees um, you know, and so that's why you don't see the returns that, you know, we've been able to, that private investments have, because it's not, you don't have all the overhead and all the huge salaries and all the Wall Street buildings and, and all of that. And so we're able to really, you know, done properly, you know, we're able to share the the fruits of the, the, uh, the profits, right. And help people have a nice place to live at the same time. So it's a win-win for everybody. Right. So how do you find these great passive investing opportunities? Well, it's a secret. You know, I think, well, first of all, if you're listening to podcasts, your half the battle is right there. And and so I know that you've had many, many, I'm honored to be here uh, in the same, you've had a lot of fantastic, smart investors on your show. And, you know, just making that contact and just, you know, learning what you can. And, you know, people are pretty accessible. I'm pretty accessible. If you, you know, I do a lot of, of speaking and a lot of talking to potential investors and, you know, making it, you know, introductions. People in this industry are pretty free to make introductions and, you know, it's, it's a pretty small group. There are real estate investing, you know, websites. I mean, I think that a lot of it is really just getting smart and, you know, learning. Bigger Pockets is another um, real estate investing uh, commu online community. And, I think that because it takes so many, there's so many things to do to, if you're going to buy an apartment complex, there's lots to do, right? So lots of people have to be involved and play a role in, in doing that. And, and so I think that for me, it happened organically. I and mean, I think for most people, it, it does. I mean, would you agree? Yes, I agree. Yeah. So it's really just more, and I wrote the book just to open people's minds about just take a step back and look at, at how we're taught about money and how money work and how what we're supposed to do and then look at how the reality of it when you start really looking at the very wealthy people in america you know warren buffett i mean i don't know this for a fact but he's probably not logging on to his you know online account and buying stocks <laughs> he tells me that's not what he's doing Right. I would bet the farm that that's not what he's doing. So, but he's making contacts, right? He's networking. And, and a lot of that, you know, just keeping your ears open and being open-minded is, is probably the first step. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. So what would you do if you have passive investing deal? It doesn't go well. Well, there's things cannot go well, but I do think that what I look for, here's what I look for. And so far, you know, there will always are bumps in the road, always with anything, but 
but what I try to do is number one, the team needs to know how to, the business plan needs to make sense, number one. So I look for markets where job job growth is happening, where there's lots of different industries, um, all of the demographics match up. I look for uh, you know class B apartments, working Americans, they're really not building more. Um, all the new construction is luxury class A stuff because that's really kind of how the numbers have to work. And so look for those markets also where those that tenant base is cops, firemen, LVMs at the hospital, the jobs that are, you know, pretty stable, right? And then the team running the deal needs to uh, know how to execute a business plan. So this is run, I grew up in the corporate world, right? And so most of my partners did as well. So how to manage a P&L, how to, how to manage the management company, how to deal with people and with tenants and with contractors and with, you know, all of those things and how to run a business and execute the business plan because that's what needs to happen. It's a three to five year you know, relationship that you have with, with those partners. And then there needs to be a loan product that they don't have to get out of at the wrong time. So in other words, and it needs to be cash flowing. So if something is cash flowing and it need, and you underwrite the deal to where, you know, you need to, the business plan needs to reflect uh, what the worst case scenario it could be. So, you know, I kind of think we're in a, a pretty bad scenario right now as far as coronavirus and, and everything. And, and, you know, but we've, every deal that I'm involved in, we've planned for this. Now, we, we didn't plan for a global pandemic, but we planned for, you know, a 20%, you know, pullback in the market. You know, we stress, you know, whatever, you know, so we've underwritten our deals. They may be 96% occupied occupied, 90% occupied when we buy them, but, but we look for 60 to 70% economic occupancy before we're really, before we can't pay the bill. So the whole idea or, or the way I approach this is it's all about cash flow and it's about capital preservation. I don't want to lose money. <laughs> That's my very first rule. Yeah. And so I know I'm much more able to mitigate risks if I understand what those risks are and plan for those risks. When you're buying a stock, or a mutual fund, you really have no idea what they're doing. Yep, total control. Yes. Yeah, so I think the big thing is, you know, just buy for cash flow. Not if, if appreciation happens, that's great. Plan for the worst. So make sure that your numbers are, that you're going to be able to withstand a recession. And so far, you know, we've been, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. I, I told an investor, oh, it was a couple of years ago. He asked me, he was asking about risks and asking about this. And I said, you know, I don't know if there are tanks in the streets i just don't know what will happen then <laughs> we laugh two years later well there could be tanks in the street <laughs> you know so, so let's hope it doesn't come to that <laughs> Right. And I don't think it will. Yeah. So would you share any of your best passive investment experiences? My best? Yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, it's all how you find best. I will tell you this, that um, we when we're able to make a, a difference, and, and I'll just tell you a, a quick story about the very first deal that we did um, that I was involved in. I went down to Houston. I happens to be my hometown. And, you know, this apartment complex 
was okay. And, you know, it was okay. And it was in the middle of a okay neighborhood with a really good school district and, and, you know, largely two and three bedroom apartments. So it's a lot of families and and stuff. And it, it was all right. And it was livable. But, you know, four years later, we made it into a really great place to live. You know, and we made a soccer field in the back for the kids and a dog park. And these are people that are, again, were, you know, the security guard at at the school or the hospital or whatever, you know, and we were able to really make it a a really nice place to live. We we had an after school program for the kids where parents could drop them off and and go do whatever. And and, uh, so we're able to make a, give them a really nice, give people, you know, nobody's making them, they're not building more apartments for the the class B um, working Americans, you know, we're able to make it better. And I don't know, it just makes me feel so good. We, um, you know, rent probably went up over the course of the four years, rent probably $150, $200. You know, we were able to get them. It's a lot nicer apartment. So I I think that probably my first multifamily was probably the one that I'm gonna, that I think most fondly about. Okay, great. And how about any worst investment experience? Well, we had one, another one we had, um, this was also in Houston. We had, let's see, we had two hurricanes and a fire. But again, you know, we had, that's why we, we had insurance. You know, again, it's all about planning for the work. We had insurance. We had income loss as part of that insurance. Um, we helped people find a, another place to live during the reconstruction process. I mean, because three out of the five buildings or something like that were just uninhabitable. It was, and, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we had a brand new asset and there was a housing shortage in Houston because we weren't the only people who were flooded with Harvey. This, you may remember it. It was two or three, four years ago where, I mean, places that never had flooded in modern history were flooded. You know, it was like one of those that rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And so there was a housing shortage, filled it up, kept it for another year, paid back all the preferred returns because we had suspended returns while we dealt with insurance and everything. And so even that ended up really, really good. Um, there's another one going a little slower as well, but we're it's turned the corner actually, and it's doing better with coronavirus. It's go figure, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so I think that it's more, it's really about being nimble and um, the worst case scenario, you need to plan for that. Right. But yeah, it was dicey there for a while. What is your current focus and share something you're excited about now? I'm excited about a couple of things. So got this book and through my journey, you know, I've experimented over the last couple of years with um, mortgage notes. Um, there's another uh, investment uh, strategy that I'm, I've learned about over the last couple of years called infinite banking. And I've been, uh, I'm fascinated with it and just these are things that the wealthy do that I had no idea that it was even possible to do. And so I'm going to, you know, be my next book's going to go into, you know, some of these other hidden investments and bring in 
subject matter experts on those types of investments, you know, to talk about, to talk about that. So I've, and I've just launched a, a Facebook group that um, is about hidden investing. And I, I plan to have, you know, guests on and talk about different types of private investing opportunities that most people just don't know about. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. And I'm, and of course, multifamily. I mean, I think it's still the greatest Yep. Great. At least for what I'm, for my investment objectives, you know, something for everybody though. Yeah. And uh, any of your personal habits that helped you to be successful? You know, I wish that I, I really do. I wish that I could just tell everybody that I get up and work out immediately. And, you know, I think what I try to do is have good coffee. Coffee is important. <laughs> And I think that what I really try to do is every day try to make a difference in something, try to make a positive difference in somebody's life or, or uh, do something kind and, uh, you know, and try to be available and open to, you know, open to seeing the opportunities. I mean, that's part of the, what I did for so long was I was so corporate you know, up moving up the corporate ladder and all this. I was just not even open. I just, I was so focused on, you know, my job and the whole, all of that, that I really just, just wasn't open to new ways of thinking. And so, and you know, all we hear on the news. Now I also don't watch the, when I watch the news, that wrecks the day right there. So more what I don't do, but you know, all you hear about is Bernie Madoff. You know, you don't hear about all the, there's more fantastic people in this world than there are not fantastic people. So I, I try to, to spread the love. What can I say? Yeah. Awesome. So how can listeners can connect with you? Well, they can go to hiddeninvesting.com backslash book to get the book. They can contact me at keepmore.com. My email address is holly at keepmore.com, H-O-L-L-Y. And, um, you know, I'll help any way I can to get them. Um, if I know the right place, I'll point you to it. Awesome. <laughs> thank you, Holly. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you very much. I really enjoyed the conversation. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing. Thank you.